In the last episode, I talked about the reversal surgery that I was supposed to have and the mystery MRI that unexpectedly stopped the said surgery. I went ahead and had surgery, but not the reversal. They inserted a JP drain through my bottom and into the infected region to drain any fluid that was collecting in that area. According to the OncoLink team online, there are several kinds of surgical drains. One common type is called a Jackson Pratt drain or a JP drain. A JP drain is a closed suction device meaning that the fluids are collected within a closed system without the need for an outside suction machine. A JP drain is a thin, flexible rubber tube that sits under the skin in the area under or near the incision. In my case, the tube entered the right butt cheek and continued through the muscle and into the abscess where the infected fluid was collecting. Often the skin and tube are sutured or stitched together to ensure the JP drain does not move from under the skin or from where it's been placed. At the end of the tube is a small squeeze bulb. Bodily fluids pass through the tube and into the bulb. The bulb has a plug or stopper and empties fluids and pushes the air out. When air is removed from the bulb, done by squeezing it, there will be a a suctioning effect. The suction, or negative pressure, will gently draw the fluids out from your body and into the bulb. The plug on the bulb is opened to drain the fluid that collects and then close to re-engage the suction. It's very important to squeeze the air out of the bulb each time you empty it so that the suction, or negative pressure, can keep pulling the fluid out of your body. That's a pretty good description of what was happening to me. So when I was released from the hospital after this procedure, I had the tube coming out of my bum cheek and out of the top of my pants to a place under my shirt. There was a bulb at the end of the tube where the fluid was sucked into and stored until I opened it up and put the stored liquid into a measuring container where I could tell how much was collected during the time since the last removal. The fluid would be discarded, and I would then squeeze the tube and put the plug back in until the next emptying in 12 or so hours. This went on for five weeks. At first, the content of the bulb was dark red to almost black, and there was a lot to be emptied. As time went on, the color became a lighter red, until during the fifth week, it was a very pale pink in a very small amount. At that point, the doctor decided that it was time to have the JP drained, uh, removed, and get ready for the surgery. I could have this procedure done in Richfield by the surgeon that had put my port in way back when I started chemo, so I went in and had the tube pulled out of my backside wasn't too bad. He just uh, had me turn on my side, and I felt a weird sensation back there, and zip, it was over. I went home and began the waiting game again for Dr. Kim's office to call and let me know what was next. They did call, but it was to set up another appointment to have an MRI before surgery so they could decide how to go about doing what needed to be done. I went to Richfield a couple of days after their call and had the test, and 
The next day, Dr. Kim's office called again. Good, I thought. Now I can get this thing done and go on with my life. But wait a minute, not that easy. They were calling to tell me that there was still an infection and that we had taken the tube out too soon. I would need to go to Provo that week and to have the tube restored. Another couple of weeks of draining. Oh my, I wasn't very happy. But I thought that we'd better be safe than sorry, so away we went again. The tube was replaced, and I went home with my old friend attached to my sit-down. That's just where it had been, right where I wanted to put my backside when I wanted to take the load off of my feet. I had to sit on an angle, and when in bed, that tube was always in the way. Plus, I still had the ileostomy bag attached to the right side of my stomach. It would be nice to get rid of all this extra hardware. A couple of weeks later, Dr. Kim made a personal call to me. I put the phone on speaker so Brenda could listen in. He asked how the JP drain was going. I told him that there was very little liquid anymore, and when there was, it was mostly clear. He said that we needed to move on and do something. He gave me my options. I could try to have the reversal and take a chance that the uh, site of the removed tumor would not hold again and have to start all over. He said that it may be okay for a while, but eventually it would fail again. We would just be kicking the can down the road. The tissue around the surgery area had been too compromised. Well, then option two. The two words he used really made me nervous. Colostomy bag. For almost two years now, I'd been praying for two things. Number one, that I would survive this war with cancer. Number two, that I would not have to wear a colostomy bag. The Cleveland Clinic states, A colostomy is an operation that redirects your colon from its normal route, down towards the anus, to a new opening in your abdominal wall. The opening is called a stoma. The colon, where poop forms, will now expel poop. Poop is a word that is used a lot during a bout with rectal cancer. Well, it would expel this through your stoma instead of your anus. You may need to wear a colostomy bag to catch the poop when it comes out. Some people only have a colostomy for a few months and others need it for life. The latter is my only choice. A life sentence. No chance of parole. A colostomy often follows a colectomy, a procedure to remove part or all of your colon. And this is what would be happening to me. Other conditions may require you to stop using your colon, either temporarily or permanently. Permanently was the word he used. After the operation, colostomy also refers to your newly redirected colon. Your health care provider will talk to you about living with and caring for your colostomy, which they would do. This was very daunting to me. I was completely unable to respond. I just asked, can we have a day or two to talk about this? Of course you can. We'll talk in a few days then. All right, uh, thank you, was my reply. How much faith did I have? Would I be able to do what he was asking of me? Could I really do this? I would need so much help.
Brenda would have to help me adjust, and I would have to try to help her adjust. I could not believe that it had come to this. What should we do? Please help us, dear Heavenly Father. Give us the faith we need to make the proper decision. I listened to a little child as they knelt down to pray. They thanked the Lord above for all the things they'd done that day. For their mother and their father and for their home and for their pets. If we just had the faith of a child, we'd make it, yes you bet. And with the faith of a child, our lives would take a turn. With the faith of a child, you'd be surprised what we could learn. And God would pour down blessings, and life would be worthwhile. If we just start each day with the faith of a child I know it's hard to understand when things don't go just right And sometimes we need a helping hand to get us through the fight This world can dish out heavy blows that bring us to our knees But with the faith of a child, those heavy blows are just a summer breeze. And with the faith of a child, our lives would take a turn. With the faith of a child, you'd be surprised what we could learn. And God would pour down blessings, and life would be worthwhile. We'd just start each day with the faith of a child I wish that we could learn a lesson from our children dear And say a simple prayer of faith to reach up to God's ear It's easy if you listen to your children and believe And the faith of a child will help you make it Can't you see that with the faith of a child Our lives would take a turn With the faith of a child You'd be surprised what we could learn And God would pour down blessings And life would be worthwhile If we just start each day with the faith of a child. After a very restless night, Brenda and I had a very short discussion the next morning. I said, I don't like kicking a can down the road. She answered, neither do I. I answered her, I don't know if I can do a colostomy. But I want to live, so I guess I'll have to learn. You know I'll help you, she said. We discussed a few other things that Dr. Kim had told us about, what some of the other results of a surgery of this nature could bring. We decided to call Dr. Kim and find out when we could get this done. After talking with him for just a few minutes, we were assured that we had made the correct choice. The surgery would be scheduled for as soon as possible. 
we began preparations for a long stay with Eric's family. We were told that I needed to be at the hospital in about five, for about five days before the surgery to begin hyperbaric treatments to help prepare me for this very major project. According to the Mayo Clinic, hyperbaric oxygen therapy involves breathing pure oxygen in a pressurized environment. One of the conditions treated with hyperbaric oxygen therapy is wounds that may not heal because of radiation injury. In a hyperbaric oxygen uh, therapy chamber, the air pressure is increased two to three times higher than normal air pressure. Under these conditions, your lungs can gather much more oxygen than would be possible by breathing pure oxygen at normal air pressure. This extra oxygen helps fight bacteria. It also triggers the release of substances called growth factors and stem cells, which promote healing. They wanted me to be as strong as possible to have this surgery. I would stay in the hospital for a week or so after the surgery to recover and receive hyperbaric treatments two times a day during my post-op recoup. After this week, I would need to have about 35 more treatments. One a day, five days a week, until they had been completed. We figured we would be back home by the end of April, maybe. We had been planning a road trip in our new motor coach with Eric's family beginning on the 27th of May. We would be going east to see historical sites between here and New York State. We'd be gone for about 18 days. The doctor said I should be able to make that trip and that it would be a great way to celebrate my full recovery. But the end of April was a long way away. Brenda would go home during the first four days, stay in the hospital. She would arrange things for us to be gone for that long while as I was having my first few oxygen dives. That's what they called them, oxygen dives. <laughs> Kendall would bring her back to Salt Lake City for my surgery and stay with us for a couple of days. Then Brenda would stay at Eric's while I recovered and got ready to be released. I had no idea what I was in for during the next 10 to 12 days. I'll talk a little bit about that next week, but don't miss that episode. I'll tell you a few secrets about myself that not many people know. <laughs>